when it becomes, I, I use the metaphor of a, a tug of war. And so when there's a rope and either one of you on either side of the rope and you're pulling and tugging and tugging, that is a, a, you know, a source of competition and negativity that's going to grow in the relationship. And someone is going to feel slighted. I mean, you were carrying 50 pounds. I had 45 pounds. Where were you going to stash another 10 pounds so I could be lighter? And no one can step for you. Nobody can walk for you. And it's, it's a very humbling experience in the world to feel that way. Take a girl and a guy, and they fall madly in love and form a family. Sprinkle in some counseling degrees and a doctorate, a dream of transforming relationships as we know it. And 20 years later, we give you power couple Dr. Ray and Jean Ketkodian. And this is their podcast, Couples Synergy. Welcome back to another episode of Couples Synergy with Dr. Ray and Jean. Hi, I'm Dr. Ray. And I'm Jean. And this is our podcast about love, marriage, and relationships. Be sure to check us out online on our Facebook page and Instagram at Couple Synergy or our website, couplesynergy.com. And be sure to subscribe to our podcast or send us any suggestions on topics you'd like to hear more about. And now on to Couple Synergy, an in-depth look at love, marriage, and relationships, where we bring you our experience helping thousands of couples transform their relationships for nearly 20 years. You know, every day we get to hear intimate details about a couple's celebrations, disappointments, and everyday challenges. We've often wished these stories were shared because we know we are more similar than different. So we've created not only an avenue where you can hear about people's intimate lives, but an atmosphere where people come over to our home pub, pour a drink, and share their stories. A power struggle always means that someone is scared. There's a fear of something, and that's why they're trying to regain power. And what happens is we have a certain amount of energy available to us every day. And we have our jobs, we have to do it, we have our families to take care of. And then we have this extra stuff like unresolved things that are maybe some, some conflict from the past, some past hurts, some past wounds. And all of that takes more energy than we're given. And so what we do is we have to borrow that energy. In the first place we're going to borrow it from is our creativity, which is a problem. Right. Because that's what you need to get out of that. But the second place we're going to borrow it from is our relationship. Right. Right. Which is why there is a power struggle. And, you know, power struggles, I think we need to kind of clarify between wrestling about really dumb things, Mm -hmm. like who's going to do the dishes versus... Who is in control of the money or making financial decisions, mm-hmm. right? Like we had a client once where through the course of the relationship, she had given over control of the money to her husband mm-hmm. and it got to the point. I mean, it was just a strong suit of his, right? Okay. Uh, initially, but it got to a point. It was where- a strong, it was a strength of his to take care of the money and it was a fear of hers to, to take care of the money. And so she didn't even know anything about it. She didn't know about their finances, their income, where were they were invested, anything. Right. She really didn't know anything. And she didn't take the initiative to, mm-hmm. to really know about that information. Right. So it got to the point where she wanted to buy a new car. She had a very old car mm-hmm. and he said, no, we don't have the money, but he was spending money on his hobbies. Yep. <laughs> so he, he had a lot of expensive hobbies and he's spending money there. So, and she didn't know about it or how much expense there was. And so, especially if you think about 
power struggles, it's going to play out in all avenues, right? So it's going to play out financially, or it's going to play out in how you take care of the home or how you make decisions in general about who you're going to hang out with or how, how are you going to be as a couple in the world? Do you do things separate together? Stuff like that. And you're not, you're not always going to agree on, on everything, right? So you are going to have conflict. You are going to disagree about certain things in your relationship, but when it becomes a competition, when it becomes a, I use the, the metaphor of a, a tug of war, right? And so when there's a rope and either one of you on either side of the rope and you're pulling and tugging and tugging, that is a, a, you know, a source of competition and negativity that's going to grow in the relationship. And someone is going to feel slighted. Someone is going to feel like their needs were not met, right? And so it becomes like this arms race and there is created a power differential in the relationship. I remember one time we had a party and we called this party around the world. And we asked all the guests to bring a dish from another country, whatever country they chose. And the thing that was really lovely about that party is it really felt like everyone felt a part of it. And they were tasting each other's foods or talking about what they brought. For some people, it was like a family dish because they were from different countries. Other people's like their favorite restaurant that they brought or something. And so because there was an investment in bringing something to the party, there was also an openness and a closeness of being able to enjoy it. And I think that's the really important thing about relationships. When there's a part of your relationship that you uh, maybe let go of and let the other person handle, I think you learn to feel like you don't, you shouldn't have a say, right? And the problem with that is it leaves the other person that is making the decisions really exposed. So if it turns out well, they get all the glory, but if it doesn't, they get all the blame. They take all the responsibility Mm -hmm. either way, right? And so now there isn't, you know, equality in the relationship. There's one person taking majority of the responsibility and the power and control. And now one person is going to feel slighted, right? Yeah. And anytime that there's a power differential in the relationship, now you have hierarchy. Right. And in a relationship, there shouldn't be hierarchy. You know, I I think about um, when we hiked the John Muir Trail and, you know, many of you might know that, that in 2016, Gene had a a goal of hiking a thousand miles and 180 of those miles uh, were done on the John Muir Trail, which was, you know, out of Yosemite and south over 10 mountain passes. And while we were doing this hike, we had to split up the survival gear and we each had to have half of it and half of the food as well. And so you really couldn't go too far from each other without jeopardizing your own safety, right? And that was like, true balance of of power and true balance of responsibility and it was a necessity and it was a necessity right and the other thing that would happen is when you got to camp i would do my role of setting up camp and you would do your role of setting up camp because you had a limited amount of time before the sun set and it got really cold right and so that was a, a really interesting exercise and it's not even like you could if you wanted to i mean you were carrying 50 pounds i had 45 pounds 
where were you going to stash another 10 pounds so I could be lighter? So you, you had to, and no one can step for you. Nobody can walk for you. And it's, it's a very humbling experience in the world to feel that way. But I think it's a very good example of not having a power struggle in your relationship where mm-hmm. it would feel balanced. And maybe one person is going to be more gifted or skilled in one area than another. And so in that way, there's that division of tasks to the point that both people feel like they're being taken care of, right? Both people are utilizing their strengths to benefit each other and the relationship as a whole. And it doesn't feel like this this competition or this power struggle. I did the dishes two days this week. You need to be doing it, you know, three days this week because I did, you know, I cleaned the bathroom, you know, and now what, what it becomes, what that becomes really is a scorecard, right? And so transactional. this transactional mm-hmm. relationship, and we did a, a, a podcast, podcast about transactional relationships as well, if you want to check that out. But now it, it comes, it becomes this tit for tat and, and it, you never, you never actually feel good because you're always looking over your shoulder. You're always, you know, trying to avoid any judgment from your partner. You know, if we go back to that wonderful book called the four agreements, the fourth agreement. By Miguel Ruiz, if mm-hmm. you haven't read that book. Awesome book. We highly recommend it. The fourth agreement is always do your best. And the reason you have that as an, as an agreement is because if you don't do your best, if you do less than your best, you feel guilty. If I was doing everything, you were sitting on the couch. Which would be very uncomfortable for me. Yeah, I could, you not, could not do that. feel guilty. Uh, but if you do better than your best, you also feel guilty. Mm-hmm. So it's very hard to find that line in the middle where you're doing your best and not better or worse than your best. And when you do that, you find that sweet spot. And so one of the exercises we used to do in one of our offices is we'd have our couples turn their backs to each other and lock arms and they're sitting on the floor, turn their backs, lock arms. and We tell them to stand up. And if they stood up, they'd push up evenly. And it didn't matter what their sizes were. They could be very different sizes. Yeah. They have to find the balance Mm -hmm. point for their different sizes and different weights so that they can have this equal pressure to be able to stand up and rise up. Mm -hmm. Right. And it's a great physical example, but just, just that alone shows how much a couple has to work together to find that, that balance point in all aspects Mm -hmm. of their relationship. And if it ever feels like you're not giving and you feels like you're more taking in the relationship, then you have a power struggle. You have a power differential. Or if you feel like you're doing too much giving. Right. And right. there's nothing coming back. And so that's when power struggles turn into um, something that's much more toxic. That's actually a really big problem. Mm-hmm. When some, when one person is losing themselves to the relationship and one person is being so selfish that they actually lose respect for their partner because the, the partner is not pushing back in that way. And so they feel entitled, like they can go do what they want. They don't have to answer to anything. They don't have to um, share. And so it really erodes the relationship. And, um, you know, that's when, that's when it's a really tough power struggle. You know, if you go to the four agreements and you read the book, Miguel Ruiz, he talks about if you woke up in the morning and you had a cold, well, you cannot expect yourself 
to fulfill all of the expectations that you did the day before, right? Because that would be doing better than your best. Your best is something that is assessed moment by moment. And in one moment, you might be, you know, really tired. You might be sick. And because of that, you can't do more than what you were able to do. And, and that's where people get it, get it wrong. A lot of people where they think that I have to give 110% all the time. Yeah. If you're giving more, you are going to be snappy and resentful and passive aggressive. Yeah. Yeah. Totally burnout. You're going to be resentful and it's never going to feel like you're giving. It's going to feel like you're being taken for granted and taken advantage of. You know what I would recommend if, if you kind of are feeling that way, your partner, there's a really good chance that they don't know because you, you can't know what someone else is doing. And so, especially if you are in a relationship where um, your, your daily life looks very different, where if, if one person's home with kids and the other person is working or you're both working, but one has more flexible schedules. So then when the kids need to go to the doctor, you're always the one doing it. Mm. it you, you will, you will feel, you will feel off. And what's really important about that is to have a real conversation about it and not a logistical conversation that says, oh, I took the kids last time you take them this time, but something more along the lines of I'm feeling, mm. I'm feeling resentful or I'm feeling like I don't have a partner. I'm feeling alone mm-hmm. and get down to those feelings because when you come at something with anger, you're just going to get anger back. Yeah. You know, it's, uh, and, and when you're t- coming from a place of feeling, you know, I'm feeling this way, it may not be true. Like mm-hmm. y- your partner may actually be doing 50% of everything, but it still might f- not feel that way because for whatever reason, where you're, you're at emotionally or, you know, just with all of the relationships that you have, or as far as stress and all that, it may feel like you are taking on too much. Okay. Right. And you may need your, your spouse, your partner mm-hmm. to step up and take a little bit more off your plate, because at that point in time, you can't do better than your best. And another thing that's interesting that people go through is what if you're a morning person and your partner is a night owl? And they want to do everything at a certain time of day. And the other person really doesn't. Luckily, we are both night owls. <laughs> or maybe dangerously. <laughs> <laughs> right. um, yeah. And our lives are very similar looking. We're together right. most of the time. And so, you know, if there is a difference like that where, mm-hmm. you know, you are not a night owl, your partner is, you might be doing these like two ships passing in the night kind of thing mm-hmm. where one person is going to bed without the other, which we do not encourage, we do encourage that there is a, you know, a kind of an anchor point where you are saying goodnight to each other and there is an embrace mm-hmm. at the end of the night, even if one person doesn't go to bed right away. So, you know, that is, that needs some negotiating, right? Uh, we've talked about, you know, balancing personal time. We've talked about balancing couple time and how that's so important. And, you know, when it comes down to that word balance, is really across the whole board, right? Mm -hmm. Because if you don't, then you have power struggles, then you have resentment, then you have conflict that can't be resolved. And it just continues to kind of pile up debt within the relationship. Right. So if you're the morning person, you might be the one that brings your partner some coffee because you're already up and doing your thing and 
you know, that's an easy thing for you to do. And then at night, it might be something else that's happening. Maybe mm-hmm. you're finishing up chores at, and they're already asleep because you'd rather do them then. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, you know, those can be healthy things. It just really, really depends on what it feels like. Yeah. And it, it gets out of whack all the time, especially if um, maybe one person has more stress at work or uh, maybe women cycle and have days that they're not so happy. Um, all sorts of stuff. Or if someone's up with a baby, all sorts of things that can throw things off. So no, none of this is ever like cut cleanly in half and everyone does right. this or that. Keep, keep in mind, you can't just sit down with your partner and go 50%, 50-50. You do this, you do, I do this. And we. it just, it doesn't work that way, mm-hmm. right? And things are not static. Because as a couple develops and throughout their relationship, they have to kind of sit down and reassess where they're at. And maybe something is out of balance right now because one person is taking on more because the other person is can't, right? And it's not coming from a place of resentment or power and control. It's really coming from a place of consideration for your partner. But as the relationship develops, maybe that writes itself, right? And so now the other partner's taking more responsibility for something. But that only happens with this clear, open communication with each other, really sitting down and talking about, hey, I know that I always did the lawn and it's something that was really fun for me, but I've just gotten to a point, I just can't do it anymore, right? And and for some reason, it's just too much for me uh, on my plate. And I don't, I'm feeling resentful that I am always the one that has to do it. Right. right. And some of these things are things we learned in our families growing up. And we'll ask couples like, well, how did you guys decide that? How did you decide who is, how you were going to do the money or how you were going to take care of the house? And they, they usually kind of go, we didn't decide. It just happened. And then they have never really had a conversation about it. And a lot of times, um, for some reason, it has to do with laundry. (laughs) I don't know why laundry becomes like, you know, and maybe because it's very, that's a very clear thing. Those are your partner's clothes and your clothes. Yeah. You know, but when it's dishes, it's it's dishes or, you know, stuff that's more common. But I mean, I don't wear your clothes and you don't wear my clothes. Yeah. So that's a, that's a fine line. Yeah. But I mean, we've heard stories where couples <laughs> yeah. get so resentful and so childish. I'm going to take his clothes out of the washer and I'm going to put it on the ironing board and they're all wet because he didn't put it in the dryer and dry it. And, right. you know, it just, it, it is, it just builds that toxicity in the relationship and they're never able to actually feel like they're taking care of each other. And, you know, sometimes And I think we have a few interesting carved out days in the year like this, like Mother's Day or Father's Day or a birthday, where we're much more giving. We're much more willing to let our partner take a break and step up a little bit. And sometimes we need that when it's not Mother's Day. Sometimes we need it just because we want to feel a little bit cared for and loved. And we only have the ability to offer that. We never have the ability to make it happen in, in, in the receiving way, but only in the giving way. And so it's, it's, an, it's a very thoughtful thing that gives a lot of energy toward your partner for you to step your game up every now and then and say, you know what? I got this. Why don't you, why don't you relax? Why don't you go read a book for a little bit and I'm going to, you know, go make dinner or something. 
and or order out or something different instead of just you know doing what you've always done because life is sort of designed like that you can see if you are living anywhere probably in the United States right now people are on lockdown it's cold out it's snowy out so you're not going to run around so much you might work from home there might be some some more downtime and we're designed that way um, when the electricity goes out and we have to sit by candlelight, we're, we're sitting. So we're not as busy as we used to be. And we're just designed to not be so static. That balance and finding that balance in a, in a relationship, it takes work. Mm-hmm. It, it takes sitting down and, and talking a lot. In and and within yourself. Yeah, well, understanding within yeah. yourself, right? And that's why we, we are big proponents of taking personal time, doing a walkabout, which we've talked about in, in past webinars. But um, finding that, that balance within yourself, one. Two, then being able to talk with your partner and finding that balance with each mm-hmm. other. Relationships, uh, we, you've heard us say this, is the most difficult thing. A relationship with, with a committed partner is the most difficult thing you will ever have to do in your entire life because of the complexities of it. And it is not a static target, right? It is a moving target. It is something that's constantly evolving. And hopefully rewarding. Well, I mean, isn't that the point, right? For, for it to be rewarding and you know, for you to truly understand what it means to connect at that deepest level with another human being. That is, it, it has the greatest risk, right? Greatest risk of being hurt but you have the greatest amount of potential reward. A lot of times we don't know what our partner wants or needs. And I think it is really important. And to come at this from a place that says, you know what, I could just really use a, a good hug right now. Or can you sit next to me on the couch? And that, that does something really important mm. to us, which we're going to talk about with the four anchor points. But keep in mind that your partner does not know how to read your mind. Even if they have a beautiful crystal ball, because I have lots of beautiful crystals, I still don't know what's going on in this thing, right? And and who knows what someone else might be thinking about or worrying about. And mm-hmm. I'm sure a lot, most often, somebody would be happy to offer to cuddle with you and, and hold you if they knew, right? Right. And if you do share that and they say no, or they reject you, well... That's a different story, yeah. right? But we should be able to ask our partner, you know, for certain needs that we have and affection is one of them. Um, one of the things that we assign all of the couples we work with is, you know, to have four anchor points during the day where there is a connection of affection and beginning the day and ending the day with cuddle time, with non-sexual, non-verbal, just affection holding each other in embrace is, is the way, the only way that couples should start and end the day, right? And when we have affection, we increase uh, oxytocin, oxytocin, which is the bonding hormone, right? right? And we decrease all the stress hormones. And so if you get in a regular habit of, of having affection and, skin to skin contact with your partner. And if you're doing this with your kids, you're probably stealing some energy from them that really is not fair to them. And that energy belongs to your partner and it over, um, it over 
entitles your children to be more adult-like when they really should be kids instead of them worrying about your uh, emotional, yeah, yeah, your emotional needs that you should be getting from your partner. Right. Puts them more in a a parental role, which is very uncomfortable for the the kids Mm -hmm. also. Um, I want to talk a little bit about the needs of your partner and assumptions, right? We make assumptions about what our partner needs. And especially if let's say, you know, our partner did say that I needed a, right. Five, 10 years down the line, 20 years down the line, they might not want a, they might want B, right. Because as human beings, we're evolving all the time. And so having those, those open conversations with each other and, and asking, Hey, you know, I remember your, your, your favorite color was, is blue. Right. And they say, well, no, it's not anymore. Now it's, purple, right? You know, it, it, things change and we should be talking with our partners and, and understanding them more as they move through life, as they evolve as a person in this world, they're going to change their perspective and what they need in terms of affection on one day may be different on another, you know? So it is very risky though. I, I will say it's very risky to ask your partner for something and to say that, hey, I, I need a little cuddle time at the end of the day. It's something that just really makes me feel good. And to have them reject it. I mean, that's the risk, right? For them to say, no, I don't, I'm not going to do that. And so that would really be a, a signal that there's something wrong in the relationship, you know, because the partners are not willing to give to each other, to make your partner become a better version of themselves. You know, it could also be bringing up something for your partner. So um, if someone processes their day by staying very active and busy and they're straightening up and they're, you know, putting everything in place and for whatever reason that helps them sort of process the day and de-stress, it certainly takes them away though from their partner. Um, And so if they slow down, they may have a lot of emotions that they're not really used to feeling. And so that whole, the second agreement of don't take anything personally comes into play where, you know, try not to just say, Hey, you know, can we do this? And if they say yes or no, dig more into that. You know, what, what, why, what are you feeling when I ask you for that? What's going on for you? And for sure, past issues are going to come Mm -hmm. up as a relationship develops and, as you become more vulnerable and closer to your partner, of simple things like cuddling, you know, is what we're talking about here, may bring up a lot of past wounds that your partner may not have even begun to process or to heal. Right. Right. And we see this a lot and, mm-hmm. and it plays out in couples intimacy, sexual intimacy uh, plays out in their affection. It, it plays out in also their finances as well. Yeah, that's another important thing that, you know, it's it, if it's clearly communicated, it's cuddle time and one person starts to take it a little further, that, that'll shut down intimacy and, and all the good stuff pretty quick, unfortunately. So um, it, it is, it's tricky. There's a lot of stuff going on. If, you, if you're in a position and there's an area of your relationship that you feel you're taking on the majority of the decision-making and the majority of the risk and responsibility, or if you've given that up, mm. that is where you want to have some good conversations around 
why do we do things like this? Yeah. Yeah. You don't have to just kind of settle mm -hmm. for where you're at in the relationship. And as Jean mentioned earlier, maybe your partner doesn't even know, mm -hmm. right? Things kind of evolve over time, little by little and stress and stressors in, in our world can push things in a direction and not a good one. And it can start a small rift in the relationship, which is going to grow over time. Okay. So th this is typically something that you don't notice day by day, but once you start really attending to it, once you start having those conversations, you're not going to let it go so far apart. Mm -hmm. You know, you, you're going to be able to kind of rein it back in when it starts to grow like that. Right. And these are difficult conversations because it really is a 50-50. If one person is doing this much, one person's doing that much, the middle is here. Both are changing, right? One person has to step up and the other one has to pull back. And that I promise you will bring up stuff for each of you. It will be very uncomfortable. Yeah, just to clarify, when you say 50-50, we don't mean like what I was mentioning before, like 50% of the dishes, 50% of dishes. No, it's each person contributes equally to the condition of the relationship. Even if the decision was never made out loud. Right. You know, and it's just it, it, any of those areas, they're always negotiable. And we go through so many stages in a long-term relationship that what makes sense 20 years ago might not make sense today. Right, right. So. And, you know, all of these skills, we, all of these skills we really teach uh, on our, our couple to couple program. And we do that specifically with each couple. We, we tailor it to your relationship. As we were saying before, it, it's not static and each relationship is unique to itself and you have to find the balance point for each relationship. And so when we're working personally with a couple, that's what we help them with. And on the weekend intensive, which the next one is right here. Um, on April 15th, April 18th, um, that is going to be held in uh, Lakeside, Michigan. And if you can find that information on couplesynergy.com, if you hit under the experiences tab, you'll be able to look up the weekend intensive, which, you know, right now we're limiting it to a certain amount of couples, mm -hmm. uh, you know, due to COVID, we want to make sure that it is a safe environment, but it is going to be a really fun, yes. experiential and educational time. You know, this is something that, you know, we really want to help couples understand these concepts from a very practical place mm -hmm. and be able to apply it, you know, in real time in their relationship. And, and you'll feel it, you'll feel that connection and you'll feel that reduction of anxiety and depression and stress and that increase of those good yummy hormones that we're designed to have. We're not designed to be alone. This is again, this is like our life's work. We absolutely love working with couples. We love helping couples just find that joy and happiness in the relationship again. And, you know, the one we're talking about today, when it comes to power struggles, this is normal. All right. A lot of the stuff that we talk about are normal processes mm -hmm. that couples go through that they feel like they're by themselves, they're alone in it, and they don't understand the steps to get out of it, right? And that's something that we truly love helping couples find, right? you know, are those and, you know, applying a lot of the tips and, and tools to be able to 
find that that way out because because we see like this we don't see like that so it's very difficult for us to have our own perspective and when you're a couple you don't have a tiebreaker and so it really <laughs> helps to have a different set of eyes on it to help you navigate you know which which one is you know needs to pull back which one needs to step forward and you know those are are not easy things to see especially if you've patterned your relationship after what you saw as a child absolutely you don't right. know what it feels like and you know that's another good point to bring up is a lot of couples you know they are bringing what was role model to them you know from their upbringing their their parents their role models you know their caregivers and they're bringing it into the relationship thinking that this is what's normal because that's exactly what is normal to them that's what was uh, you know, exemplified. And so they try to replicate that within their relationship. Well, your partner's coming from a very different household, you know, where balance of power and control and consideration, all that was very different in their household. And so they have a, a very different normal as well, mm -hmm. you know, and so that's where you get this clash in the beginning of a relationship where couples are trying to find the right way for them and their relationship, right? Which is a very unique thing. And so it's, it doesn't work if you just collapse and go with one or the other, right? Because one person's way is not right for the relationship. What's right for the relationship is finding both, both ways together, right? In unison. And if you're holding back, because you don't want to start a fight, you don't want to face conflict, mm. you don't want to hurt your partner's feelings, all of those kind of things for whatever reason, that will one day blow up on you. Yeah. So, and it is not an easy, comfortable thing to learn how to do. Uh, and that's why, you know, when we're working with people there, there's like that foundational uh, putting in the good deposits and, and having fun together and, and strengthening that so that you can talk about the more difficult things. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, don't worry if you know you're not. You guys are not fighting now. You you guys are really, <laughs> you know, bogged down by kids and work and everything like that. You get to it. Yeah, we'll see you down the line. It's like, <laughs> <laughs> it, it as Jean said, it, it is bound to blow up. It is going to happen, right? And especially if if, if people are not, if couples are not attending to things, it is just going to sit there and it's going to grow. All right, it mm -hmm. doesn't go dormant. It actually grows. And, and so that resentment will grow, that disconnect will grow, and the power struggles will definitely grow. One of the questions that came in is, could you very quickly review the anchor points, the four times of the day? Sure. Yeah, I think you only talked about two. I only talked about the first yeah. two, right? The first one is in the morning, which is an embrace, and it should be about four or five minutes. You know, no words need to be said. It's non-sexual touch and right. cuddle time. And it's just a No words. Mm -hmm. And you are closing the day off with a four to five minute embrace as well. And the two in the middle of the day is the second one is when the first person leaves for work, all right, or leaves for the day. That is a just a, a quick parting ritual. Kiss, peck on the cheek, and quick hug. And then the third time of the day is when you reunite. All right, and that again is a reuniting ritual. Quick kiss, hug, and uh, before you go about your day, right? Um, this is these four anchor points are really important for couples, so, and and they should be practicing it every single day, every day. 
it's really easy to kind of get lazy or forget. And so if you find yourself a little more irritable or crabby or snippy with each other, get back to doing that and you'll feel better. Yeah, you just as an aside, you think about our kids and how much affection we give them, right? And we start the day off. And our dogs. Hopefully we start the day off with <laughs> giving them affection, you know, but if we send them off to school or send them off to virtual school, we still give them a kiss and, you know, and then when they come back home, we welcome them and then we tuck them into bed and we give them affection then. You know, we know it's very important to give to our kids, we lose track of that for our partners. Yeah. Thank you all of you for joining us and listening to Couple Synergy today. Our passion is in helping couples have a happy and healthy relationship. And this podcast gives us a fun way of bringing our knowledge and expertise to you, our listeners. For all of you listening, please subscribe to our podcast and please leave us a review. If you have any questions, comments, or topic suggestions, please email us at contact at couplesynergy.com. For more information about Couple Synergy and our programs such as the Couples Weekend Intensive and our premier program called Couple to Couple, look us up online at couplesynergy.com. And if you know someone who could benefit from this episode, please download it and share it. And thank you for listening. Until next time, synergize your life and synergize your love. You have been listening to Couple Synergy with Dr. Ray and Jean Ketkodian. Couple Synergy was recorded edited and produced by Dr. Ray and Jean Ketkodian. Voiceover and music entitled Breathe and Let Go was recorded and composed by Gina Gonzalez.